DJ and the coach. Yeah, we're ripping off Will Smith. What about it? He doesn't know. He's not going to sue us. He'll probably appreciate having his album mentioned. David James, Tim Lacombe, former BYU assistant coach. What was your title when you were at the U? I know you started as a manager, but did you end up with other titles while you were I there? was a manager. Uh, I had a actually a, a expletive prior to manager when I was there for years. So, um, something manager. And then, second time, I was a video coordinator for Ray uh, Giacoletti. So, I worked for, you know, started at the bottom. Now I'm here. <laughs> now you're doing a podcast with me. <laughs> exactly. What I mean, is I've, that? I've, so I've reached my I've reached my absolute ultimate goal in life to hang with DJ no. on occasion. Not occasion. So that's the thing. We need to apologize because this has not been as regular as we want and as we hope it will be in the future. But there have been radio remotes, and you've got meetings with your job, and there's been stuff going on, and we, we've been. PK and I have had to tape a couple interviews for guests who are only available at very specific times. So it hasn't worked out. And uh, basically, we're complaining that we don't get to sit around and just blather on about basketball whenever we feel like it, which I know right now a lot of you are just, you know, screaming at us, you have the best jobs ever. Shut up. We don't want to hear it from you. Okay, you're right. I mean, if they could see, if they could actually see the the check for this podcast, <laughs> I mean, they would be so jealous. We're in, so jealous. We're interning. That's what's happening. We've turned into interns. We're interning. But it's great. And we, we do get to talk about what we love, which is, is sports. And uh, on this particular uh, little podcast, talk about basketball. There it is. And let's talk jazz basketball because that's what people really care about. So here we go. Rudy Gobert is All-NBA third team. He's been All-NBA second team. He's been the Defensive Player of the Year. He is eligible, thanks to these awards, he's eligible for a super max contract. There's the max, and then if you're one of these elite players with these elite awards, there's super max, which as we know, you know it's costing Clay Thompson $30 million, so it's making Rudy $30 million. So Rudy's going to be able to get a contract extension in the summer of 2020, next summer, for... About $247 million over five years. A quarter of a billion. He's getting A-Rod money. Remember when that was didn't outrageous? You, didn't you and PK just send the Supermax? If only that were show? true. If only yeah. that were true. Take off a few zeros. Yeah, several zeros. He's <laughs> over $24.70. <laughs> Not that many zeros. Not that many zeros. Um, but what I'm curious here, and I'm running this by everybody, because I don't think anybody knows the answer, but I think everybody has an opinion, and we all need to watch it to see how it plays out. The Supermax was created, and I'm a big believer in the law of unintended consequences. The Supermax was created so these smaller market, cold-weather cities, if they find and develop stars, can pay them even more money so those guys won't leave. It's a noble goal. But if you sign one of these guys, then you're eating up most of your cap room, and if you don't care about that, well, you're getting closer to the luxury tax or further over the luxury tax. And I'm wondering if secretly, you know, this could end up being a problem for some teams where you got to sign the guy that the town has fallen in love with. We pay to see the best players at the highest level. By definition, that's who these supermax guys are going to be across the league. But a team's going to jam themselves up. Oklahoma City pretty much capped out, as David Locke pointed out. Portland will probably give it to Lillard, whether they do or not to McCollum. I don't, McCollum will just get the max, not the supermax. But still, how much money are they going to have left? If you're, you're a Jazz fan, Tim, what should you be wishing for here? Because what everyone really needs is Tom Brady, the ultimate winner, who takes less than what he could, because that's the only way to build a championship team. <laughs> 
I'm going to drop a name on you, okay? Yeah. And it, it wasn't the Super Mix era, but it was in the Max. I'm going to drop Andre Karolinko yep. on you. And, and really, the interesting thing in the parallel that I draw there is Andre was someone that the Jazz, again, if we fell in love with, we gave him a, a crafty nickname. Um, he had good years, uh, really good years leading into you know that situation. Um, he was probably a piece that was would probably be coveted around the league for things he did. Um, but when he did sign the Max, it's crazy how all of a sudden, you know, the his inability to shoot the ball, um, all the different things, and then what he actually was making, it really kind of ended up in a sour situation. Um, and I'm not, you know, forecasting that that's what would happen with Rudy um, in this situation. But there are some eerie similarities uh, in terms of a guy who's really, really good defensively um, and then is, you know, is certainly improving offensively but is not uh, great offensively, is not your, your bell cow, so to speak, offensively. And I think the more scary proposition is that the league is moving toward um, and all the teams that are still in the playoffs have, you know, a real offensive focus. Um, so I, I just, uh, I think it's a really, really tricky quandary that it puts, you know, you speak of the Jazz, it puts other other places, other teams with a small market in the same situation that if you're going to go super max, man, you have to be totally 100% convinced that it's the best thing in the long run. Uh, and, and that's in, in this situation, I think that's tricky. So a couple things. Uh, number one, I like the Kirilenko reference. That's solid. Number two, um, contracts are shorter now. Even the Supermax deals are five years, and, and Kirilenko was at least six. I, I, it might have been seven. might have been seven. Yeah, it might have yeah. been seven. So you're not on the hook for as long. You know, also, I think that, um, you know, Gobert's young enough. We, uh, PK and I ran this past David Locke when we had him on our show, and I thought Locke made a couple of, of spot on points. You know, it depends on when your guy reaches supermax, um, the supermax level. If he reaches it at 25, 26, 27, you give him five years, well, lots of NBA players are still either at their peak or 95% of their peak at the age of 31 or 32. It's not right. that big a gamble. And if you miss for one year on the end, so what, right? Uh, it's still worth it to have somebody for three or four years, and then if you pay off one or two bad years, you can you don't like it, but you can live with it. Um, now, if a guy reaches a supermax level at 29, 30, 31, especially if he's a guard and especially if he's smaller, Damian Lillard was the example locked throughout there, boy, you could be – you could be begging for trouble because then you're looking at where where a guy might only be at that level for a year or two, and you could be you could be locked up for three or four. It's a different deal, but you know John Wall's making forty million, and John Wall tore his Achilles. They're literally they got forty million worth of dead money on the cap for next year. That's right. a, that's a it, massive problem. It is, and I, I think you make a good point. I mean, you're not tied into the number of years, but I still believe that you know the Jazz. In theory, right now, with Donovan um, being kind of the guy who I would say if if most people were held to, you know, having to protect one of the two guys, would choose Donovan for the course of where this where this organization is going. 
so it just brings a, a really interesting thing. I think you mentioned Tom Brady, and, and it's crazy because we were talking about that around the office um, just this morning. That Tom Brady is is making you know considerably less than most his counterparts, and really did it to ensure that the Patriots have uh, talent everywhere, and they do. You know, they have great lines, they have good backs, they have great receivers. Uh, and I think that's the thing you need to think about with the Jazz is they build toward what they hope is, you know, another, uh, I guess I'll say, quote-unquote, championship run. I mean, they certainly had that um, other than just Jordan being in the way. Uh, but that's the that's the issue is, you know, what does that do to in your ability to build around and have talented players um, in all sorts of different spots with all sorts of diff- different abilities. And so I don't really have an answer for it. I certainly have an opinion on it. And, um, and my opinion is that you, you, know, you take the direction that you want the organization to go, and I, do, and I don't think there's any argument that Donovan Mitchell is the absolute future. Um, and whatever you do has to align with supporting what he does and, and how he plays. Uh, so it'll be interesting to to watch this all progress and see what happens. So I think a couple things. One, and I've had some conversations, so I, I can tell you that inside the organization, I think there is a high level of certainty, but not a total guarantee that the Millers are willing to go into luxury tax territory. Um, yeah. I think the real question is how far into luxury tax territory and for how long. Yeah, so and that's that's where it is. Now. Really, that's the that's the ticket. I mean, that's that's what you, you know. These teams that are competitive, um, a lot of them, you know, they, they put it. together yep. a roster in free agency. Um, they've drafted well, but it is it all it's all about the money. It's all about how will, how far you're willing to go. I think that uh, so I, I'm sure 10 percent of the people listening to this. And obviously, our listenership is in the millions. Ten percent of the people listening to this are thinking, "Well, they shouldn't sign Rudy. They should, you know, do the old Sacramento Demarcus Cousins thing, move him, get something back, but not cough up all that money." I think Donovan likes playing with Rudy, and Donovan is the the guy. So I think you need to sign Rudy because otherwise, Donovan's going to look with an eyebrow raise and like, "You want me to do this by myself? I need to go somewhere else. I have friends all over the league. I'm sure somebody will take me and pay me top dollar." I think they have to sign Rudy, and then I think they have to go find the second scorer now while Mitchell's on his rookie deal. Who's the second? In, in, in See, that's mind, the thing is Jay, there's all these names out there. Like, who are the guys that float your boat out there that they could get? There are all these names out there. I don't think, <clears throat> and they wouldn't tell me, no one has told me, but just from talking to and re- reading the national NBA stuff and the NBA people we have on the show, there's so many teams with money. And the fact that Kevin Durant is going to have at least three options and everything hinges on him. Does he go to the Clippers? Does he go to the Knicks? Does he stay with the Warriors? That's at least three options, and he may have more than that. Realistically, because I don't think the Lakers are realistic. So stop with that, Laker fans. I don't think he wants to play with LeBron. Um, <laughs> although, if it gets tense enough with the Warriors, maybe he and LeBron are like, you know what, we got to set this aside because this is our best chance to go get those guys. Which, by the way, would be awesome for drama. But we tell the rest of the West, well, you're finishing third at best. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. um, but the point is, a lot of people are waiting on him. And that's and then everything flows off of that. So I think once you get down to Tobias Harris, Kemba Walker, and whoever else you want to throw in there, does anybody, 
Jazz included. But does anybody have better than a 20 or 30% shot of getting those guys? If I were Philly, uh, I'd be nervous. If you give money to Butler, Harris could be thinking, I need to go somewhere and at least be the second or third guy. I'm the fourth guy here. I need to go on a good team. And so does he go to the Nets or the Jazz? He's been linked to the Mavs. He's been linked to the Nuggets. How about he goes to Dallas, doesn't pay state income tax, so that's like giving yourself a 10% raise or 5% raise, depending on you know what state you're not going to. Right. You know, you're, you're taxed in Utah, but you tax more in California. Yeah, well, there's no state income tax in, in Texas. And so then he's with Doncic, he's with Porzingis. You know, who knows what appeals to this guy? I don't know that anybody has more than a 20 or 30% chance of getting anybody. I think it's a yep. massive game of musical chairs. And who knows when you sit down, you know, I, I'm interested in anybody who can score 20 points for the Jazz and isn't a total ball hog. I don't mind if they're a little ball dominant because I'd be telling them, you need to be a little ball dominant because I expect you to initiate one third of our pick and rolls this year. We're yep, going to give Mitchell a third. We're going to give Ingles a third. It's going to depend on who's healthy. It's going to depend on who's resting on the floor. We always want to have two or three of you on the floor. If one of you is getting doubled, if one of you is facing an elite defender and another guy has a much easier matchup, we're going to roll with that. If it were Kemba Walker, I know there are people out there who think Kemba Walker is a big old gigantic ball hog, but this is where they get interviews. And they've met with guys maybe going back to when they were drafted, and they know a guy's mindset. If Kemba Walker says, well, of course I've taken some low percentage shots. My low percentage better shot is better than player X, Y, and Z's high percentage shot. If you put me on a team and I can hit Favors or Gobert, roll into the rim for a dunk, or I can throw it into the corner to Mitchell or Ingles, well, of course I'll pass it. But look at that roster. Did you see Mitchell or Ingles over there? Hey, we can all sign off on that. So that's where no they got to do their homework and drill down, and you and I don't get to do it, despite the fact we have a podcast with millions of people listening. Yeah, millions. You know, uh, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a couple of names because uh, obviously we hear Tobias Harris, we hear um, Kimball Walker. Those are the team, you know. The, but like you say, that everything has to align, everything has to happen. Um, if you go down the list just a little bit, um, you know, a couple guys that stand out to me that that I think would fit, you know, in terms of offensively, defensively, culture, situation, um, you know, and, and the, the ability to shoot the ball. That's a big one um, as we watched in the playoffs when Jazz, you know, just could not make any shots. But a couple guys I throw out there that are down the line a little bit, and I think we talked about this on your show once, but I really am intrigued by Danny Green. I think he's a guy who played for the Spurs. Um, you know, he's now getting this experience uh, in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, they're one game away from from clinching. So I just his moxie. I like him. You know, just what I've seen him hit him as a person. And then most importantly, I like that he can really make baskets. Um, another guy that has not been talked about a ton, but certainly I would think would be on the move. Um, he definitely fits kind of a ball dominant type of guy, but just what he did with the Celtics last year in their run, I'm talking two years ago, not this last playoff year, but, uh, is Terry Rozier. Um, he's 25. Um, he's a guy who has proven he can get you 20 uh, on a nightly basis. Um, again, he, he's initiated pick and roll. Um, he can make shots off the bounce and he's a great competitor. Um, he's another guy that I think is is really interesting to just kind of as you go down the list, and his name's kind of popped out to me as somebody that uh, I would think that would you know have a lot of interest, but another guy that 
is instead of just men- mentioning Kemba and Tobias and all those guys, it's a guy that's uh, that's out there. You know, the other thing is when you peel back all the Golden State Warriors success, you know, Durant, 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 Durant. I get that. But they won a title, and they were in Game 7 of another final on a 73-win season. Draymond Green was a second-round draft pick. Klay Thompson didn't go in the top 10. Curry didn't go in the top 5. If you hit yep. on three draft picks, the Spurs hit on Kawhi Leonard. Now, they had Duncan, who was a number one, and everybody knew he was number one. They were flat-out lucky to get it that year. But then they went out, and they got um, uh, Parker, and they got Ginobili, and they got Kawhi Leonard with later picks. If the Jazz can hit on the third draft pick, we can sit around and talk about free agents and trades forever. But if they can get someone who can come in and make a splash pretty quickly in year two or three, maybe that's the way they're going to have to do it. You know, That is how the Warriors got there. When Oklahoma City got to the NBA Finals, now they did it with top five picks, You know, so that's a little different. But the point is, if you hit on three draft picks, there are young guys coming in the NBA who are good enough to play the third role on a big team, second scoring role might be asking a bit too much. And that's, and that's something historically the Jazz have been pretty good at. Um, you know, they were working out guys, getting a feel for them, uh, getting the right guys in the year, and, and even with later picks, being able to get kind of a difference maker. Um, and so I, I agree with you. I think that there's that that's going to be a huge piece to this, uh, but I don't think they – they take the steps they they really need to take without addressing this free agency situation and getting a really, really solid piece in free agency. Locke threw a great scenario out there. He said, July 1, while everyone is you know trying to get Durant and everyone else is waiting to see what Durant does, both players, agents, well, and teams too, I guess, so not both, all, all of them. Well, they're all waiting for that to play out. You go to Tobias Harris and you go to Kemba Walker and you say, Max Deal. Whoever takes it first can have it. We got to get yeah. somebody. If you want it, all you got to do is say yes. But if the other guy says yes, and you call back ten minutes later, it's over. Yeah, I got a great story about that actually. Um, so when I was at Utah, uh, it's a video coordinator, second time around. Um, we actually had a situation where we needed a point guard and uh, or a, I guess, a point guard or a combo guard, and we actually had a visit planned with Patty Mills, okay, who ended up going to St. Yeah. Mary's. We had Carlin Brown on campus. And so we're, we're meeting with Carlin Brown, and Patty Mills is, is coming in the next week. So we have Carlin come. Carlin decides that he's going to take a week and try to decide. Patty Mills comes in the next week on a visit. So we're literally having dinner with him at the hotel the first night. And while we're at dinner, Mari Wilson... He steps away from the from the table, comes back, uh, and texts us all that Carlin just committed. So we have no spot for Patty Mills. Oh. Um, which, you know, it's, it's not oh. exactly the same thing, but it's very similar, right? So we we had two of them, two nets cast out there. We're, we're sitting there with Patty and basically have to tell him, hey, this is great, but we don't have a spot for you. Um and certainly, this player had some good years at Utah, great years at Colorado, went and played professionally. So nothing against Carlin, but, you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about is you just never really know. Um, and you have to, you know, if you're going to be in the game, you got to cast your nets out there in a couple different places and you just hope you hook the right one. 
Oh, man. Well, we'll end on that note, and we'll let all the Ute fans go have a good cry, and all the Cougars and Aggies and Wildcats go have a good laugh. Be like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Good day. I guess that's what Patty would say. He'd say, good day, mate. Oh, man. Yeah, Joe Ingles loves Patty Mills. He's referenced him multiple times there, you know. Yeah. They got the he, Aussie he thing was, going. He, just in the, like, on that visit, he, he's a great, he's a great kid. Although you know, to the degree that Patty Mills helped uh, really get things rolling at St. Mary's and get the Aussie connection, you know, firmly established and all that, maybe he ended up hurting BYU too. That that's one of those yeah, moments oh, that might sure. have crushed that, two that schools. One, that one definitely haunted me for not just that night, but for many years. Yeah, really, really. All right, we'll leave it right there. Uh, we'll try to do this weekly. We'll try to be uh, better about it. But you know, if our day job can get in the way, we get out of meetings, man. Constantly. <laughs> we out of meetings. Negotiating how he's gonna how he's gonna spend more money. Well, listen, we tried to do this Monday. We tried to do this Tuesday. Who had meetings then? Huh? That was me. There you go. All right, Tim. Good to talk to you. Yeah, and great uh, to we'll do it again in a uh, few days when uh, and get ready and do a pre-finals edition of the uh, of the uh, podcast. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the draft coming up. It's going to be a fun summer, so we'll have a lot to talk about. It's DJ and the Coach. Check out the podcast every week or so, you know. See ya.